0: Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I'm Pam Marvin. We are so glad that you are back with us. Um, I feel compelled to speak of a rather long hiatus that we took that was a bit unexpected. Now, I understand that, you know, maybe a, a number of people don't actually listen to the podcast sequentially, like each week and everything. And so for those of you who jump around and whatever this just disregard <laughs> what I'm about to say, but yeah, we were in the, you know, towards the end of a book study, um, that we were doing and we kind of just went off, uh, without posting any new episodes for quite some time. And that wasn't exactly planned, but there were some things in life that, that came up. And, uh, so we took so a little holidays break, and weddings holidays and, and weddings and, and, you know, Pam's uh, father passed away. May his soul rest in peace. And so, you know, we just let life uh, dictate what was uh, necessary and important for for the times. And and now we're back. Now we're back. So we're excited to Mm -hmm. be back. Um, If you listen to our last episode that was posted just before this one, you'll recognize that we kind of took a little uh, blip off of the um, finishing up the book study to do a crossover episode with... um, Red Sea Roundup, which is a radio program that airs on the radio station Red Sea Catholic Radio, that produces our podcast. So that's why uh, you had to just wait one little extra week to get to uh, us completing uh, the book study. But here we are; we're ready to go. Uh, this is the Pentultimate chapter. Oh, Pentultimate! Yes. Okay. And So uh, we're we're gonna dig into it. And so the book that we've been studying, uh, if you have been. Um, following along is Friendship of the Fathers, How the Early Church Evangelized by Mike Aquilina. And uh, we're on the last chapter of about a person. And then, you know, the, the next chapter, the next uh, podcast that we record will be sort of the conclusion and sort of where do we go with this information. Um, but the, the this chapter, um, one of the most surprising things about it was the fact that the person that he was writing about I had never, ever heard this person's name before, and yet he's a saint who wrote one of the best-known chants in our Catholic tradition, um, the Veni Creator Spiritus. And so I was like, why do I not know this guy's name? Mm. And you had never heard it either, right, Pam? Mm -hmm. And so uh, his name is Rabanus Morris, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, I hope. If not, well... Who's to say I'm not? <laughs> because nobody that says is to Romanski. know his name. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so anyway, um, as uh, the author kind of gave us a little bit of a uh, understanding about who this individual was, he was writing at the time of, um, in the 19, in, excuse me, in the 19, no, the 900s. 900s, okay. Um, and he made a big point that... Um, the Roman sort of empire had pretty much fallen apart and they were kind of um, sinking into a dark period. They had sunk into a dark period. Uh, and the, so the Roman empire had kind of fizzled out and civilization was just really not thriving And it was really the monasteries that were even keeping like literacy alive, like that people, it was only there where people were really able to read and write and they were trying to keep this knowledge of the age, you know, that had come before alive in those places. And then, um, apparently, uh, that's when Charlemagne, as he is known commonly, came on the scene, uh, and so apparently he's got, he's, Charlemagne is what we often know him as. He's also been called Charles the Great or in Latin, Carolus Magnus. So he was, came on the scene as a big king and um, expanded his reach. And he really, he was crowned a Holy Roman Emperor and really set about like trying to encourage reclaiming Christian tradition and encouraged um people to write about scripture. And so the saint that um, we're speaking about in this chapter, uh, Rabanus Maurus lived during this time and wrote a whole bunch of things about um, various commentaries on scripture, in addition to being the author of Veni Karatis Spiritus. Spiritus. Um, and so what this whole chapter focuses on is his sort of commentaries on that beautiful passage of Sirach about friendship, mm, which um, very cool. is very, just the best. It's probably, I would say the quintessential gold standard passage in scripture about uh, friendship. And so it's in Sirach chapter six, verses seven through 17. And um, so that's where, you know, he is really focused on for this chapter. And I don't know if you had any thoughts on that right there, but uh, one of the things that he makes a point about is how that passage in scripture starts out with being, we- being wary of kind of fair weather friends. Right. Um, so uh, I'll just read a little bit of it. Yes. Why don't I just read the whole thing? It's in here Absolutely. in the chapter. I'm just going to read, read it. it. You good. Mm. All right. So here it is. This is the RSV version from Sirach chapter six. When you gain a friend, gain him through testing and do not trust him hastily. For there is a friend who is such at his own convenience, but will not stand by you in your day of trouble. And there is a friend who changes into an enemy and will disclose a quarrel to your disgrace. And there is a friend who is a table companion, but will not stand by you in your day of trouble. In your prosperity, he will make himself your equal and be bold with your servants. But if you are brought low, he will turn against you and will hide himself from your presence. Keep yourself far from your enemies and be on guard towards your friends. A faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He that has found one has found a treasure. There is nothing so precious as a faithful friend, and no scales can measure his excellence. A faithful friend is an elixir of life, and those who fear the Lord will find him. Whoever fears the Lord directs his friendships aright, for as he is, so his neighbor also.
1: Beautiful. The word of the Lord. Yes. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Thanks be to God for sure. I mean, I just have all these faces popping in my head right now. My Mm. faithful friends. It's really delightful. Like God bless them.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we also can probably think of people who disappointed us in friendship Mm. and, and didn't stand with us, you know, in times of trouble or maybe they didn't do anything really negative or, you know, betray us or whatever, but just fell away, just didn't keep up being in touch and being in like seeming to care about what's going on in our lives. And, you know, we have those experiences and it's so, that discernment I think is, is really a big point of understanding the truth of your relationships and What are my relationships and who are those friends that really are those people who I can count on and who are who are really love me for who I am and not for what I have Mm
1: -hmm. or
0: because it's convenient or because I am somehow benefiting them. But like love you for you and want your good and want Mm -hmm. to help you become the person God created you to be. And want you to
1: help them do that, too. Right. Gosh, and that's such a blessing. I mean, I, I think that having all those combinations of properties of a proper friendship is uh, is just not as prevalent today as we'd like to see them. I mean, I I had that kind of revelation. This is more with a family member, you know, where I'm thinking we're on the same page with our mutual friendship, our mutual love for one another, And then all of a sudden there's a certain behavior that was completely contrary that like slapped me in the face. Like Mm. I was so shocked because that wasn't the person. uh, It wasn't the relationship I thought we had. And my dear friend who's sitting across the microphone from me says to me, well, seems to me you should think a lot less about yourself and start to pray for her more. (laughs) And that just turned me on a dime. Mm -hmm. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah, there's, and I think different people,
0: I think maybe are, have different abilities as far as their kind of skill at reading others. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's interesting because kind of recently, uh, because of, of because of, of a friend who's developed a, a significant interest in uh, the Myers-Briggs personality type stuff, um, I've been sort of looking into those things a little more and and, and the different characteristics of some different personality types and um, just recognizing that there is such a thing as empathy and like an intuition and reading, uh, this sort of reading of people that some people are just more wired to do mm. and mm-hmm. a, it turns it just so turns out that that's my personality type is sort of the most on that like the the sort of being able to read people in fact uh, a lot of times these myers-briggs things have little labels that okay. and what and one of the labels for my particular personality type is mystic so it's like this idea that people often seem to think how do you know what i'm thinking and it's not so much that you know what they're thinking but it's just that you're so attentive and in, to small, subtle signs and the way they speak and the sound of their voice and the look in their eyes and that you are able to. And, you know, their thought patterns as well. I know where you're going with that. You're very good with pattern recognition (laughs) uh and um, assimilating a number of data points as it relates to the interior place of a person. And you actually not only attend to them, but really care to understand. And so that deep desire to understand another and the um, sort of awareness of what's going on with them just sort of comes together to do that. So I, because of that, I sometimes assume other people have a higher capability of doing that than they actually do. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I've been blessed, I think, because of that, not to get into a whole bunch of experiences where I've misjudged people. But I've, because I'm learning now that so there are a lot of people who don't pick up on these subtle cues and aren't really good at assimilating these things and aren't really good at receiving like what the different emotional states are of people that you can, I can now understand better how somebody could get duped by a person. Yeah, yeah and and how hurtful that would be if you really felt like you could trust them and then that turned out that you couldn't. Mm. But what I've also been pondering and something that we've talked a lot about throughout the course of, you know talking about spiritual friendship in general and doing this book, is that one of the safeguards is if you know that your friendship is rooted in Christ. exactly. Right you don't yeah. have to have so okay. much uncertainty, if there's a certainty that the other person truly loves the Lord and seeking him in their lives, and then you can kind of feel more comfortable that you don't have to constantly be second guessing, is this person who they really, who they say they are, are they going to be true to me? Because when you share the heart of Christ as something that you're seeking, you're you're going to be more likely on the same page, right?
1: right for sure yeah i, I see that too is definitely the let's call it the spine the, the the relationship with christ is like the foundation the spine the core of the friendship um because it it evokes so much trust in the other too mm-hmm. to have your best interest at heart um and it's just it's it's a really beautiful and, and and amazing gift the lord gives us like i'm constantly blown away by the number that I have. I mean, I feel Mm. so fortunate to have several people in my life like that and then others that I hope will become like that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, when it says
0: in Sirach, and he who fears the Lord will find him, Mm. like, I think that's something that I've really been trying to kind of get across as we've talked about these things in spiritual friendship is if you find yourself in a place of saying, why don't I have these beautiful spiritual friendships? Like what's going on? Don't start with what's wrong with other people that I'm, I can't find a friend like this. Ask the question, am I really seeking the Lord with my whole heart? Because if so, the Lord has promised I'll find others who are doing the same. It's like it's weird how it happens too. It's just like this strange, immediate sense of I know you. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) you don't you don't even have to have like speak spoken for them for more than 10 minutes, and it's all of a sudden you start going. Yes, Yes. It's like you there's a resonance that you recognize. In another person, when you're right. sold out in
1: love for the Lord, yeah, I, I have to tell you a quick story about that. Yeah, it go happened for to it. me recently. Oh, really? Awesome! So yeah, good. It was I hear it. so cool. It was. It's very brief. It was just well, brief. Um, so in our office, in my, you know, medical office, we have a lab with a phlebotomist. Mm-hmm. Well, our phlebotomist, that's there all the time. Was out on maternity leave, so we had a phlebotomist come in. Just temporarily for what was it? Usually two two months, about eight mm. weeks or so. And I, you know, was greeting her, coming in and say "Hey," and introducing myself, making her feel welcome while she's there. And we started having this conversation. Well, lo and behold, she was a pretty new widow, but her husband was a pastor, mm. and she immediately started speaking scripture to me and. Within like moments we're hugging and saying, "You are my sister." like mm-hmm. we both each time we saw each other or the coming eight weeks would have something to say that really maybe the Holy Spirit had put on our hearts right. that the other needed to hear mm-hmm. and it was it was instant, instant, you know, that sparkle in the eye like I liked being around her. Right. I felt God's love and presence. Mm-hmm. Her knowledge of scripture was so beautiful. And She could tell me what I needed to hear at any given moment, and I for her, and it was, it was amazing. I mean, I know it was just a brief right. kind of encounter, but oof, yeah. I'd do anything for you. Well, I have an even more brief encounter oh, that I'll okay. share with you. So
0: uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was at Mass, and there was this beautiful African family sitting in front of me, and I was just noticing the, the husband and wife how they were worshiping, like how mm. they were. I could see. In their body posture, and in, in their, and just, I could sense in their being, they were really praying the Mass, and it was beautiful to me. Like I just enjoyed being right behind them, and it blessed Edifying. me. Yes, yeah, and it blessed yes. me, and, th- and it was interesting. So after the Mass was over, the wife who was sitting right in front of me, directly in front of me, turned around and she said, I just wanna tell you. I have really enjoyed listening to you sing during mass. You clearly are singing with your whole heart.
1: And I was just,
0: my response was, well, I just love to worship the Lord. And she's like, me too. And like, that was the end of it. But it was like in that moment, I knew if she was alone and I was alone, like she had her whole family. I had my kids with me. If, if she, if we were both alone and I said, Hey, you want to go for coffee? And she had time. She'd be like, yeah, let's go for coffee. And we probably could have talked for three hours. Yeah. Like yeah, two people who clearly she's a different race, comes from a different country. Like a totally probably different life experiences and L- it wouldn't have mattered. Hey, it would have just been beautiful.
1: I've come to know there's really only one race, and that is the human race. Amen. Amen. But,
0: you know, just all these things that the world says should separate us. Age, socioeconomic status, Mm -hmm. you know, race, all these political affiliation, all these things, right? Even heritage. No. No, I I reject that. I know when Christ is at the center of your heart, it's like all those things fall away. And there's so much opportunity. Now, you're not always going to be able to take advantage of it. Like in that moment, it was not the time or the place for us to like really be able to, you know, engage and, and try to take that deeper. But I just want to say, if you have that experience and you have the ability to take it to the next step, to to say, let's spend some one-on-one time together. Let's have coffee. Let's have lunch. Let's do it. Because even if it doesn't go beyond that one meeting,
1: you'll still be blessed. It's so true. And you don't know uh, their circumstance. Maybe you're the person God's putting in their life to have that true shoulder-to-shoulder friendship.
0: Right. But I find in those situations, it's not a matter of one person has a need that the other person is going to fill. It's mutual. It's reciprocal. It's It's, And it's become something that just goes beyond... Uh, what your expectations often would have been for what friendship could be. And, you know, having experienced
1: it a few times, like it's just life changing. Right. You know, the thing that comes to my mind too, right there is like my brothers and sisters, pay attention, pay attention to the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. pay attention to the people that he's putting in your path. Because you never know if you might be entertaining angels unaware. (laughs) Right,
0: yeah. And, you know, somebody who just seemed like a nice person that you enjoyed, if you pursue the relationship, could end up changing your life in ways that you had never expected. And it's, I guess, the, the scripture verse that comes to mind is, eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has ready for those who love him. Mm -hmm. And it has said right here in scripture, for those who fear the Lord, which is really just loving the Lord properly for who he is. He, he will find these friends that are sturdy shelters and elixirs of life. And, and, you know, the scripture says there's nothing better than it.
1: Mm, So good.
0: You know, and the world will try to tell us all sorts of things are better than it all sorts of material things or, you know, erotic love. Erotic love is cheap if it's not based first in friendship in true friendship. Mm -hmm. So there is nothing higher than true spiritual friendship in human relationship. Like think about the most beautiful human relationship that existed on this earth would probably be the marriage of Mary and Joseph. If you're taking Jesus out of it because, you know, human and divine. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll just put him to the side. But the love between Mary and Joseph, with Mary being, you know, without sin, Joseph being righteous to the nth degree, they had spiritual friendship. Amen. You know? So beautiful. And it sustained their whole relationship without having the marital embrace physically. But I can only imagine the emotion that came, that went between the two of them was deep and profound and life giving in ways that maybe weren't manifest in other children, but I'm sure the spiritual children that they had were
1: abundant. Abundant for sure.
0: And we know that we are all still their spiritual children. Yes. Every Christian is their spiritual child, right?
1: For sure. I mean, I learned that all anew over um, the year of St. Joseph, for sure. I'd always felt his uh, fraternal, paternal comfort and mm-hmm. near me, um, but that was different. It was better.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, just as it says, uh, you'll know them by their fruits, like spiritual friendship should be made manifest in fruitfulness. There's a fruitfulness of a shared love for Christ that should then go out beyond the boundaries of that friendship to be shared with others, right? So we talked at the beginning of when we first started having this podcast about the various loves and about how friendship is shoulder to shoulder in the sense that it's not turned in on itself. It's, It's united and directed out towards the world. So it's not just a matter of this person makes me feel really good and I just want to get all my good feels from, the, you know, no. within this relationship. It then should go out and bear fruit and bless others through that love that's been shared and built up. And, and then well, that's true.
1: And I will say there's another aspect of, aspect of that, too. And you and I have shared this and me as well some of my other friends is that when we have our own personal struggles, that good friend is able to speak a truth to you that turns you on a dime and puts you more focused toward heaven than in on yourself again. Mm -hmm. Because in our humanity, we're going to react those ways because of our humanness. But how fast do we get back to the eternal perspective?
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I actually had an experience just like that recently. I was talking on the phone with a, with a dear friend and, uh, really, just describing that, that I was really spir- experiencing a, a spiritual attack from the evil one, and he was speaking some really loud lies into my head, and I was listening. I was, my, mm, I, so I literally sorry. said to her, "I was like, I, she would you know, is, is, it, is that true? Do you think that's true?" And I was like, "I honestly, it's so loud right now. I'm struggling to even discern what's true." Mm. And so, you know, I and so then I spoke something to her about. How I knew I was going to be thinking and feeling after the conversation on the phone with her about feeling like I had been selfish to bring it to her, and like I was, you know, should have just kept my mouth shut and whatever and and everything. And so, as I described how I knew the enemy was going to be speaking that to me as i got off when I got off the phone with vehemence and conviction, she said, that's b s. And she used the real world word. And it was like, I got to tell you, the Holy Spirit worked profoundly through that. I needed to hear those words Mm -hmm. spoken in that way in that moment. It Mm -hmm. was like it broke through the lies. And so even, you know, (laughs) expletives in the voice of a friend who loves you can be the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It was for me. And I, kn- I and I couldn't have heard it if I didn't know she loved me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I that she do. was, that the Lord would speak to her and speak to me through her.
1: In a way that you would hear.
0: Right. In a way that I would hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he works that way in beautiful, beautiful ways through our friendships and through our relationships and having built up the, that place of trust that says, I know this person wants my good and is not going to speak lies to me, even when all I seem to be able to hear right now are the lies of the enemy.
1: Mm. You know? I understand. Yeah. Y'all get kind of stuck there sometimes.
0: Yeah. So on this last chapter, one thing I did want to say is that he's got like these, these um, right towards the end, kind of this list of how you kind of can build these friendships that are going to last. So I kind of just wanted to go over those real quickly. Said first, you have to have contempt to the things of the world and disdain for all things that we own. So mm. I do think, you know, when if materialism becomes a big part of a relationship, it, you're going off the rails because those things aren't eternal. Got it They're not going to focus you on Christ. They're not going to, you know, draw you deeper into you know, the Holy Spirit, they're going to distract you. And then there can be also a source of envy and jealousy and, Mm. you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So second, both friends should restrain their wills so that neither is thinking themselves as wise or clever and that they should get their way over the other. Yeah. this is like this mutuality right this gratuitousness it's like right, oh I want right. to give to you no you want to give to me like that sometimes actually can fall you can fall into a little bit of like yeah the other person wants so much what the other person that the whatever the other person wants that you actually can't come to a decision because no I want what you want but I want what you want well somebody's got to want to make a decision yeah.
1: but no I look at that more as um you know finding myself in those situations, it's like, oh, Lord, just give me your ears. Give me your voice for my my friend that's hurting or, you know, is really wrestling with something. Mm-hmm. Just really wanting the Holy Spirit to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, but I also do think it comes to that place of if you do disagree on something, like to assume the best about the other and that that, that they're coming maybe to a different conclusion, but that doesn't mean that their heart isn't. Rooted in love just because they they see things differently yeah. and it doesn't have to reflect on you as a person simply because they disagree with the conclusion that you came up with. Yes,
1: a respectful yeah. discourse, which we are so much more need today than yeah, ever for before. Sure.
0: So they say uh, that all things are secondary to the good of charity and peace. All right. So love comes first and I, and i would say peace you got to be where you got to be wary of false peace you know we've talked about that before about there's a, there's a difference of, between i'm going to do whatever i have to do in order to avoid conflict even if that means compromising the truth that's not true peace compromising the truth never brings true peace it might bring a Quiet for a period of time, but it's not going to bring true peace. And so you have to be wary of that. But to constantly be seeking mutual understanding and reconciliation Mm. of Mm -hmm. things and that sort of stuff, don't be content with persisting in bad feelings. You know, for sure.
1: Let this go. Yeah.
0: Fifth, desire to cure your brother's annoyance. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Even if there's a good reason
0: for it. And in the same way, desire to cure your own. Mm, Yeah. That's very curious. Well, you know, this is the thing. And we've talked about this. The closer you get, the more friction there is. The rub up against each other tighter and closer. There's going to be times when you kind of, you know, maybe...
1: Annoy each other a little bit. Isn't that kind of like, you know, remove the beam out of your own eye before you pluck the splinter out of your friends? There could definitely be some of that. But I think sometimes maybe there's just
0: a thing of, sometimes you just have to say, you know what? I'm just, I'm not in a great place right now and I'm feeling like I'm easily annoyed. So maybe we just need to like give each other a little space. Yeah. You know? Very wise. Yeah. And then finally, um, uh, you should believe every day. That you're about to leave this world Hmm. to curb all movements of concupiscence and sin. So, you know,
1: memento mori,
0: memento mori, virtue, seeking virtue in life, trying to grow in virtue, you know. And I think, you know, I think back to that beautiful letter by um, St. Gregory about St. Basil and how they were, only competitive in one thing. And that was to try to grow in virtue. Like they both wanted to grow in virtue and like to help the other grow in virtue. And, and so when you keep that primary and really trust that, that that's what the person desires for themselves and that you're desiring for them and that they're desiring for you, it's so much easier because you, you can take admonishment really well when you really trust that the person only is saying it because they love you and they think so highly of you that they think that you are worth more than that mm-hmm. that you're better than mm-hmm. that not that mm-hmm. you're less than that you're bad but that you're better you're more beautiful exactly. you're more glorious than that behavior or speech or whatever mm-hmm. would imply and so they call you to that higher higher place of of imaging Christ more and more purely
1: exactly so good I find that sometimes to be the case with our spousal relationships, too. Yes, Mutually and and I think way. this
0: is the thing. I, I like to just not make the distinction and say, oh, well, that's like in friendship, but also in the spousal relationship. I'm like, no, the spousal relationship should be a friendship.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Know.
0: So friendship could... with benefits.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right, right.
0: <laughs> so, Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's good for this chapter. And The next time we will conclude uh, the book. And uh, it's been a fun, fun process of, of m- pondering these things. So we hope that you will join us next time. Uh, until then, you need you remain united in prayer with us. We'll be praying for you. Please pray for us.
1: And God bless. God bless.